This morning what I want us to think about is not necessarily what we would ask Jesus, but what would Jesus ask us? If you were in a conversation with Jesus, what question might he ask you? See, if you lived when Jesus walked the earth about 2,000 years ago and you had an opportunity to have a conversation with Jesus, the biblical evidence is that Jesus was far more likely to have a desire to ask you a question than to answer the question that you would bring to him. See, Jesus, he knew the power of a question. Jesus knows the power of a question. Some of us would say that there are decisions that have shaped the trajectory of our entire life that have resulted from one question being asked in one conversation. When we think about the difference-making conversations in our life, we may say that a question we were asked was far more pivotal than an answer we gave. Questions we are asked are often far more pivotal than answers we receive. Where will you go to college or trade school? Will you marry me? Why did you say that? Will you consider this opportunity? What do you think we should do? Where do you want to be in five years? How will you get there? Is the potential gain worth the risk? Questions cause reflection. Questions reveal motives. Questions make us uncomfortable. Questions cause us to be vulnerable. When we're asked questions, we can be honest or we can be defensive. Questions bring clarity to what's confusing. Questions cause evaluation. When we think about the questions and the answers of our past, there are likely answers that we regret giving, but very few questions we regret asking. In fact, when we think about Moments in our past when we wish we could have a do-over. We all have them. We wish we could have a do-over. And when we think about areas of our life where we wish we could have a do-over, we probably think, I wish I would have asked more questions. I wish I would have asked more questions before making that decision. I wish I would have asked more before saying yes. I wish I would have asked more before saying no. I wish I would have asked more before buying that. As one pastor puts it, answers are overrated. We develop more through the questions we are asked than the answers we give. So this is where we launch our new summer teaching series, Questions Jesus Asked. Questions Jesus Asked. And what's so great about this teaching series, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, there's a place for you in this series. Why? Because when uh, Jesus walked the earth, people who were close to him, people who were curious about him, people who were skeptical of Jesus, even people who were critical of Jesus came and they brought questions. So no matter where you are, there's a place for you in this series. In fact, some of the most well-known questions that Jesus was asked came from people who were most critical of what he was doing. 
Jesus is not afraid of our questions. He's ready to take them on. So if this is your very first Sunday with us, maybe you've been gone and you're back, this is a great Sunday to be here because we're starting something brand new, a brand new message series today. And as we go through the rest of the summer, I invite you to be part of every message in this teaching series. And the great news is that you no longer have an excuse for not watching because you can watch when you're on vacation on peopleschurch.com. You can listen to the podcast. You can listen on the radio. There are many ways you can be part of this series. The greatest communicator, who is Jesus, by the way, the greatest communicator knew there was often far more potential for change in a person's life if he asked a question than if he simply answered what people asked of him. Well, we may think about a question that we would ask Jesus, consider what question or questions he may be asking us today. What Jesus asked then, he's asking us now. The questions Jesus asked series will challenge us to examine ourselves and grow closer to God through answers that reveal the condition of our heart. Let's look at some questions today that Jesus asked in the most famous sermon ever preached. As you came in here today, here's what I know about every one of us. Every one of us, we have a level of worry or anxiety about something. Some of you would say, I'm extremely worried today about something. I have a high level of anxiety about someone or something. Now, you may not have a high level, but you have maybe a low level of anxiety or worry about something today. One study revealed that these are the top things that we worry about. Being healthy, being unhealthy or overweight, getting old, wrinkles, aging in our appearance, money, not enough of it for now, not enough, enough of it for the future, overdrafts, loans, debt, mortgage, Job security, meeting the demands of work. Does my work have purpose? We worry about our marriages. Does my partner still love me? Are we going to make it through this life trial? One of the things people worry a lot about, am I sick? Is that little pain that I've been experiencing, is it really just a little pain or is it some chronic illness that's beginning in my body? These are things we worry about. Now, some of you came in and you... See, I don't have a care in the world. But now, because I've read this list, now you're very worried. You're welcome. What happens when we worry? Either you know this because of what you're facing now or because of what you faced in the past. What we know about when we worry, we lose focus at work. We have trouble engaging with our family. We're distracted by our worry when we're with people that we care about. We have trouble falling asleep or we have trouble staying asleep. Well, let me challenge us. What if we were to, whatever it is that you're worried about today, whatever it is that you have anxiety about today, what if you were to bring that to Jesus? What if you were to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, this is what I'm worried about. And being a patient listener, Jesus would listen to you explain all the details of what you are worried about today. You would give him all the information, all the details, and you, then you would finish and you would look at Jesus wondering, how is Jesus going to respond now that I've given him everything that, I've worried, that, that, that I'm worried about? Well, 
my intuition, if someone were to come to me and tell me everything that they're worried about, what do we do? We say, okay, let's see if we can figure this out. We start providing solutions. We start trying to work through the problem. But Jesus, I don't think that's how he would respond because his word says this, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What if at the end of you sharing all your concerns, all your worries, all your anxieties, there was to be a pause in the conversation? Jesus, you know that he's just heard everything you've said. But he looked at you and he said, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus, as many of you know, he did say that, Matthew chapter 6, 34. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow? Really? Really? Does Jesus know what I'm going through? That may be good for the other several hundred people who are in this room and watching online, but really my problem? That may be good for them, but does he really know what my family is going through? Does Jesus know what my diagnosis is? Does Jesus know what... I, what happened to me at work this week, does that really apply to me as well? Jesus is such an amazing communicator because he is God and communication is God's idea. The question we're going to look at today comes from the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount spans three chapters in Matthew's account of the gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's been said that the Sermon on the Mount is the most well-known and least applied message ever preached. The Sermon on the Mount is bold, it's countercultural, it's challenging, it's convicting, and it's packed with questions. By my count, there are at least 15 questions that Jesus asks in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus understood what questions do to people. Even if you're brand new to all of this, there are, you probably know parts of the Sermon on the Mount, even if you don't know that it's from the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus asks big questions that are often much easier to answer than to actually live out. I want you to know that Jesus, he never asks a question because he's short on information. Jesus never asks questions because he doesn't have all the details. Jesus doesn't ask questions because he needs our help. Jesus asks questions to get us to think. Jesus asks questions for our benefit, not his. In this section of teaching, Jesus opens up by saying this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, that is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life. Wow. I tell you, Jesus says, the words of Jesus, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? A statement and then a question. The statement is, I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Then a question, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Now, whether it's Jesus or anyone else, if we were to lay out everything that we're worried about, all of our anxiety, and Jesus or anyone else were to say back to us, do not worry, 
What is your immediate reaction? It's probably like mine. We push back. Really? Don't worry. Are you really saying that I shouldn't be worried about all these things? Well, Jesus, he anticipates our natural inclination to push back against the statement that we're, we're being told, do not worry. He anticipates our pushback. How can you say, don't worry about everyday life? So he answers our skepticism with a question. Is there more to life than food and clothes? Is there more to life than food and clothes? Now, some Instagram influencers may disagree, but there is more to life than clothes and food. Verse 26, look at the birds, Jesus says. The Sermon on the Mount was delivered outside. Maybe he's actually looking. Look at the birds. He could have been actually pointing at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? God set up a system where the birds eat every day. The birds do not have a stockpile of SpaghettiOs in their basement. Some of you left over from the pandemic, you have a stockpile of SpaghettiOs in your basement. It's right next to the toilet paper. Aren't you far more valuable to God than the birds? The answer is yes. Some of you or someone you know, you have taken it on as your personal calling, your personal duty in life to be a worrier. You or the person you know, and we all know someone like this, and if you're thinking, I wonder who that is, maybe it's you. You've taken it as your personal responsibility to be the worrier. I will worry about that for you. I will worry on your behalf. They've called you to let you know how worried they are about you all the time. They call, I'm so worried for you. I'm worried about you. Like we're planning an event. Could, could please, someone, could someone volunteer to worry about this for us? I'll be the worrier. Thanks for joining us for On Target, coming to you from People's Church. We'll be right back for the conclusion of today's message. But before that, we just want to tell you that we'd love to meet you in person. You can join us this morning at 10 or 11.30 at People's Church as we worship together. Now, let's return for the conclusion of the message. To you or to them, Jesus asked this question, verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And the answer is no. In fact, what the medical experts would tell us, it's actually the opposite, that worrying will rob us of life. Worry is bad for our health. Anxiety is bad for our health. And of course, we pray for those who battle chronic depression or anxiety, and nothing about what we're saying is making light of these very serious, very real diagnoses. Can all your worries, though, about weight, health, relationships, family, career, politics, can they add one moment to your life? The act of worrying cannot. Worry cannot add a single moment to your life. So we've had two yes-no questions. Isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? Yes. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer is no. The act of worry is not life-giving. Verses 28 and 29. 
This is good. Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Maybe in walking through your own garden, maybe your garden that's been landscaped by Arnie Jensen, you walk through your garden and you look at the flowers and you appreciate how beautiful they are, flowers that you've planted, or maybe you've been on a walk in one of our beautiful Oregon trails alongside a mountain on the way to a waterfall, and you stop and you're just taken by how beautiful a flower is. (laughs) Jesus here invokes Solomon, this incredibly wealthy king from history, certainly the most wealthy person of his generation and probably for many generations after. Solomon was this incredibly wealthy king. And Jesus says, think about Solomon or put in the richest person that you can think of. The finest threads that a rich person could buy, the finest man-made threads, do not compare to the beauty of God-made flowers. Think about that. Jesus has already asked, is your life more than food and clothes? Are you more valuable to God than birds? Can worry at a minute to your life? And here comes the biggest question of them all, our main question of the day. We know that life is more valuable than food and clothes. You are more valuable to God than birds. Uh, Worry cannot add a second to your life. Matthew 6, verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that they are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Question time. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? Jesus takes a conversation that has been up to this point all about worry and he turns it into a conversation about faith. Worry, if we trust Jesus, and I do, worry cannot coexist happily with faith. Your worry is not compatible with your faith. Can you imagine if you were to tell Jesus about everything you're worried about and you're hoping that he is just going to give you the answer, okay, this is what we're going to do, and you want Jesus to lay out the plan, tell you how it's all going to work out, Instead of Jesus giving you the plan, telling you how it's all going to come together, if Jesus, this would be so piercing to your soul, for me anyway, if Jesus were to look at you and say, why do you have so little faith? Wow. Wow. I'm challenged by Jesus. Maybe you are too. A struggle with worry is really a struggle with faith. The question about why are you so worried is a question of faith. If you can see that God provides for the birds and makes the flowers beautiful, if you believe that God is who you say that he is, do you trust him to bring you through this season? 
do you trust him to bring you through this season taking care of the big things and the little things, even the food that you eat and the clothes on your back? Verses 31 and 32. So don't worry, Jesus says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Wow. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. This is one of the greatest encouragements in the entire Bible. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Some of you, if you, if you could send God a text, you could send God a text before you could even, while well, the little um, bubble is going on that shows that somebody's typing, while you're still typing, the bubble's on God's end, before you even hit send, God could reply, I already know. I already know. If you could call God, you dial the number. Remember dialing the number? You could dial the number, call God. Before you, we, the phone is picked up, before you even get a word out of your mouth, God would say, I already know. I already know. This is so good. Don't miss this. We have a heavenly father who already knows our needs. You have a God who loves you so much, he already knows your needs. Now, some of you... This whole conversation has been incredibly freeing because you've been so worried and so worried for yourself, for other people. And here Jesus is telling you, you don't need to be worried anymore. And so you're thinking, well, what am I going to do with all that time? All the time that I've spent worrying, what am I going to do with all that time? How about this? Verse 33, Jesus says, instead of worrying, do this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Not my words, Jesus' words. Do you think about your health, your family, money, marriage, politics? Do you think about unity in the church? Do you think about vision for the future? I think about those things. So what are we going to do about it? Well, Jesus tells me, he tells you, he tells us that we are going to get the most out of life if we seek first the kingdom. We look to God above all the noise. There's plenty of noise out there. Jesus says, look to God above all the noise. Do what's right from God's point of view. And that means putting others above ourselves. When we take care of what matters to God, he takes care of what matters to us. All that dialogue brings us to the summary statement that we actually started with today. And here, after asking all these questions that make us think, that make us evaluate, that make us reflect, that make us uh, um, evaluate, that make us either respond with honesty or defensiveness, this is where Jesus lands in the summary statement. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Well, what about this scenario? What about that scenario? What if this happens? What if that happens? Then this will lead to this, and it's, it's not going to be good. 
Jesus is not telling us to ignore the news. He's not telling us to be foolish with our health or with our wealth. He's not telling us to just be silent and let other people roll over us. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus tells us, let's look at today. Let's look at today. You made it through today. Praise God. You're going to wake up tomorrow. God's going to help you make it through the day. Praise God. Some of you have been through some of the most difficult seasons in your life. And your prayer, you wake up in the morning, you think about everything that you went to bed with the night before. You remember, it's all real. And your prayer is, God, help me through today. And what you've experienced is that he does. He helped you through the day. He helps you. Praise God, we made it through the day. Let's do it again tomorrow. There is an image that has made the rounds on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What am I missing? Snapchat. The image is of a man pulling his own giant head on a cart. I think we have the picture. It is a man pulling his own giant head on a cart. Now, the man also appears to be naked. I'm not sure why that is, but... If you've seen this, you may remember, you may remember the caption. The caption of this picture is, the heaviest burdens we carry are the thoughts in our head. The heaviest burdens we carry are the thoughts in our head. What is powerful about this image is the message that the man is unable to carry the weight on his own. He needs a cart. Many of us today, if we were honest, we would admit that we have been carrying a weight, a weight of worry, anxiety, and fear that we were never intended to carry on our own. We've been trying to solve it. We've been trying to figure it out. We've been trying to, thinking of all the different scenarios. What if Jesus were to ask us this very piercing, very challenging question? Why do you have so little faith?